Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special bonus episode of What If South is Up. Today, in honor of the release of Book 2 of the Crimson Prophecy series, I, Derek Hall, will read a section of the book just for you guys. Give you a little sneak peek, a little taste, and let you see what exactly we have going on. Um, This is the second in a trilogy, if all goes according to plan, but if you write, you know exactly how well plans hold up over time. I am currently writing book three, but this is book two. It released on May 25th, it's been out for a couple of days, and uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this enough to want to go and pick up the book. So without further ado, here we go. Chapter four, what is past? Enora stood high on the side of the citadel spire and looked over at the city of Sevendal. The wind whipped her flame-red hair about her face and shoulders, but she didn't mind. It was a warm spring wind that carried the scent of flowers from the gardens below, intermingled with a hint of the fir and pine that carpeted the feet of the mountain slopes surrounding the secluded alpine city. Ten days ago, Sevendal had been a ruin inhabited only by the Black Army and their leader, the elf Nalathria. Inara had ultimately restored the font, the source of all magic in Ketra, and the old enchantments maintaining the city had been revived. Now, Sevendal lay spread below her, appearing as though it had been never spent millennia in ruins. Crumbled buildings had knit themselves back together, trees had regrown, and gardens had burst into bloom as the valley warmed and the snows of late winter had receded. You have something on your mind, and I'm unsure if I should be worried, Thalen mused from an armchair behind her. Inara turned to face him and leaned against the frame of the balcony door. I'm a new queen, Thalen, of course I'm worried, Inara muttered as she idly watched her familiar Angos circle over the city. How specific, he rolled his eyes. I meant something more than the obvious? Inara walked back into her room and fell into a matching chair opposite Thalen. His boyish face held concern as he leaned forward and rested his arms across his knees. They had originally met when Thalen volunteered to guide her party north from Valis to the stronghold of Dawnlord, and initially, Inara had been somewhat cold toward the young elf, but over time, they had grown much closer. You do know how to pry, Inara sighed and hesitated as the wind blowing through the open doors rustled the papers on her desk. My mother is on her way right here, right now. Shouldn't you be excited? I am, or at least I was. Now I'm just nervous. Inara sprang from her seat and began pacing in front of the balcony doors, her nervous energy proving to be too much. So much has changed since we were separated. Change for the better, though, right? You've come a long way from the flower cellar you were in Tulon. You're a queen now, a mage. You defeated Nalathria, and you have a pet dragon. How is any of that bad? Angos is a wyvern, and he is not a pet. She chided before falling silent. I think that I'm afraid my mother won't know me anymore. Inara stopped and met his eyes. I don't feel like I know her anymore. She finished with a whisper. So that's the real problem, Thalen nodded. She's still your mother, regardless. But I don't know that woman. The woman in the coronation crowd was not the mother that I lost in Tulon, Inara continued. That woman was soft and kind, not armed, armored, and driving people away by the sheer force of her presence. And you were not skilled with magic or a blade. All I can offer is to say that she she is still your mother, and she loves you just the same, whether you just save the world or not. Thalen stood and pulled Inara into an embrace. 
You are strong and kind. No mother would have cause to be ashamed of you. Thank you, Thalen. That means a lot. A knock came at the door, and the pair separated. Lyra of Tualan to see Her Majesty Inara, Queen of Sevendil, cried a guard through the thick doors. Well, that's my cue, Thalen smiled. You've got this. He turned and opened the study door, allowing Inara's mother to enter before he gave a shallow bow, a nod of encouragement, and ed- exited the study, closing the door behind him. Inara's mother entered the room and stopped. The weaponry that Inara had seen before was notably absent, no doubt due to her overzealous guards. The older woman cut an imposing figure, largely because of the scraps of mismatched armor that she wore. Strawberry blonde hair hung loosely around her shoulders, and her eyes held the dark competence of someone who had seen and done things they would prefer not to speak about. Neither of them spoke as they took in one another. I promised I would find you. Lyra moved across the room and drew Inara into a tight embrace. Leaving you nearly killed me, but I'm here now. Lyra eventually withdrew and took Inara's hand, paying particular attention to the pattern of scars that covered her skin as she gingerly brushed her fingers over them. What terrible things happened to you? It was necessary. Inara waved off her mother's worry. I actually kind of like them now. Your road has not been an easy one, and I am sorry for that, her mother whispered, gently squeezing her hand. It was necessary, and I am stronger for it, Inara smiled. Necessary or not, I am sorry. A mother never wants to see her child in pain. What about you, mother? What happened to lead you here? How did you find me? Inara pointedly changed the subject and gestured to the nearby chairs. More than I can tell in a reasonable time. Lyra took a seat opposite Inara, but I will try. Please do. Once we were separated in Tualon, it took days to find my way out of the city. The guard was ousting people from their homes and burning it all as they went. I hid and avoided them as best I could until I was able to get back to Raven and find my way out. I was the last elf to leave his cellar as his house burned above me. I'm not even sure if he made it out. He did. He ended up joining us outside of Volus and traveling with me until recently. He's here then, Lyra asked excitedly. Inara lowered her gaze as tears welled up in the corners of her eyes. He didn't make it, she whispered. Oh. It was during the fight with Nalathria I made a mistake that got him killed. Inara explained through her tears. Was it your blow that killed him? Well, no, Inara fumbled. Then it is not your fault. Bad things happen in the heat of battle, Inara, Lyra muttered. He was a good man. At least his suffering is over. That's my only comfort in any of this. Lyra let out a heavy sigh and continued her tale. After I got out of the city, it was a struggle to find passage to Ketra. No one wanted an elf aboard their ship, especially given the local climate and rumors of a naval blockade. I eventually managed to stow away on a cargo ship and made my way to Volus. Once there, I was greeted with another crisis, as I'm sure you know. Everyone there was asleep except for a handful of elves. We encountered the same situation, Anara nodded. I met a young elf named Vimir who told me that you had been there previously and which way you had gone. He offered me a horse, a bow, and these scraps of armor. I stayed for about a week before setting off and headed north. I was beset by bandits, foul weather, and eventually the Black Army before coming to Ridston. I was injured and forced to stay there for a time to recover. 
I could find no information as to your whereabouts in that city, save for a servant that suggested I go west. She gave no more information than that, and since it was the only lead I had, once I was able to travel, I took it. Inara stood and moved to pour them each a drink, speaking as she worked. We never went to Ridston, but rather to an old fortress in the mountains called Dawnlord. Inara returned and handed a drink to her mother. That makes sense, then, given your companions, her mother said. How do you mean? Inara gave her mother a quizzical look and took a sip of her drink. Lyra sighed and cast her gaze out the open doors for a moment. Inara, I never wanted you to meet this fate. She paused and took a shuddering breath. I did my best from before you were born to protect you. All I wanted was for you to grow up happy and make your own way in the world, not be forced to take up the mantle of wars started by my ancestors, that you have no reason to fight. Your ancestors. You always said my red hair came from my father. Inara was puzzled by the new development. I don't even know who your father was, Inara. Lyra sighed and seemed to shrink into her seat as though weighed down by some invisible force. But of course you know who he is. He helped raise me until he died. I'm afraid I haven't been completely honest with you. Lyra took a deep breath before continuing. The man you know as your father was my husband, yes, but he was not your father. Before you were born, I was bound by indenture to a pleasure house in Volus. It was there that you were conceived. Despite this, though, he treated you as his own, and for that I am grateful. Inara's jaw worked up and down like a fish out of water, but she could find nothing to say. Her mother had been a whore. It made no sense when, she, when said against what she knew, or thought she knew, but the longer she pondered it, the information fit the gaps in her knowledge far too well. As I said, I wanted to protect you from the problems of the past, her mother continued. Before you were born, when I was still a child, a rather remarkable man, a former officer in the Ketron Navy, bought out my bond and the bond of a dozen other girls there. He even offered passage away from the city. I accepted his offer, and that is when I first came to Toulon. Lyra paused and took a sip from her drink. Not long after my arrival, I met the man you know as your father. He was kind and made no qualms about my history in Volus, choosing instead to accept me, and by extension, you, as his own. Why have you never told me this? Inara whispered, her eyes searching the thick carpets as her brain was trying to make sense of it all. Because I feared that if you knew of your royal lineage or my past, it might somehow change who you would grow to be. All this, Lyra gestured at the rich furnishings of the royal study, is not what I wanted for you. It is not who you are. I went to great lengths to keep you safe, to keep you away from people who would try to use your ancestry for their own ends. Do you think I was forced into this? Inara questioned. Yes, I do. Her mother's response came a little too quickly for Inara's comfort. I came into this position by circumstance born of my heritage, new knowledge, and my own volition. I was not coerced in any way. Inara's tone grew louder as she spoke, as though somehow offended by the suggestion. Did I want to be a queen? No, I did not, and I still don't. But I was faced with a situation where someone had to step up to help the people that are unable to help themselves, and I had the means to do so. Do you really understand what you're doing here, Inara? What all of this means, not only for you, but for the whole of Ketra? Lyra asked earnestly. No, but to claim that I have all the answers would be foolish. 
There is strength in having friends and counselors. Where my knowledge and experience lack, theirs may often help to bridge the gaps. And Nara leaned back on her chair, rubbing at her temples. This may not be what you wanted for me, Mother, but I chose it willingly, knowing what might happen. I didn't expect our crazy plan would work, but it did. Now, I am a queen with no experience leading anyone who has been handed a newly reborn kingdom of slaves and servants, and very likely an eventual war with the rest of the continent. The very same war that ruined this city 4,000 years ago. I intend to follow through with my obligations, regardless of what anyone has to say about it, least of all you. I have too much on my plate to question what is past, Inara said definitely. She looked up at her mother and was surprised to find the woman smiling at her. What? The girl I dropped into Raven's cellar would have never said that to me. Lyra laughed. Well, I am not that same girl any longer, Inara sighed. No, you certainly are not, Lyra shifted in her seat. If you rule this new kingdom with the same fiery conviction you just showed me, then perhaps I was wrong to hide the truth from you. She stood and drained her cup. I will make sure you have a room in the spire and anything you need, Hanara said as she stood as well. I have lodgings, her mother smiled, but I do have a favor to ask of you if you are willing. You have but to name it, Hanara answered. The sailor that paid my bond is here, in the city. He was second to the ruler you deposed and is concerned as to his reception, Lyra began. Nalathria, Hanara interrupted, the same. He has much that he could offer you if you are willing to guarantee his safety and meet with him. Knowledge not being the least, Lyra continued. It would mean a great deal to me personally to see him treated well. I've already made sure that none of the former officers have been harmed or imprisoned. I will speak to him. Thank you, daughter. Her mother bowed sharply and turned to leave. Mother, Nara said suddenly. Lyra stopped and turned around. I'm sorry for the tension my actions have caused, but I'm glad to have you back. Inara smiled softly. Know this, Inara. I may not agree with what you have done, but I am proud of you for doing it. You have become a strong young woman while I was away. Her mother smiled and left the study, leaving Inara to her thoughts. All right. Well, that is chapter four of Crimson Prophecy, book two, Ketrin Revival. If you are interested in picking up a copy and reading more, it is available in hardback, paperback, and ebook versions on Amazon.com. There will be a link in the description for anything that you're interested in, and I will put a link as well to all of the books in the series, of which there are four at this point. Two main novels and two novellas. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on What If South Is Up.